this show is a little off the beaten track, and it may be unexpected and surprising. So, taste it and enjoy. We've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a match. Oh, boy. Here we go. Are you kidding me? Out of the gates? This is not happening. By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig. Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. This is episode number 93 of the Magic on a Dollar podcast. And thank you once again for joining us, guys. I, I appreciate you downloading every week and I uh, appreciate you tuning in every week when the show comes across your feed. We try to get here every week. Every now and then we'll miss a, miss a week or two like last week. And I apologize for that. But we're here now. And uh, we're here because uh, we have a great episode coming up. I'm really excited about the episode you're going to hear in just a few minutes. We're going to kind of look around the world for a minute and kind of give an assessment of what's going on. But we'll get to our guest in just a few moments. Don't forget, you can find the Magic on a Dollar podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google play in all those fine podcast places. You can also go to magicondollar.com, click on the podcast tab and see the show notes for every podcast we've done so far, every episode so far, all 92 of them, including this one. So this week, we're going to be talking about a goofy movie. We talked about a Santa Claus over in December of last year with my good friend Clay Shaver. And this time around, we got somebody coming on to dive deep into a goofy movie. And we're going to go inside the clamshell. But I do want to kind of look around and tell you that uh, Disney World is still closed. We are still in, in, in a waiting period. In the interim of when I talked to you last, and now Disney has said, until further notice. Universal Studios released something where they're going to open up on April 19th or supposedly April 19th. I know Florida has a stay-in-place order until about, uh, what, April 30th, I think. So I think Universal is trying to traverse that to figure out exactly what they're going to do about that. Honestly, I think, and this is my opinion, just from what I'm seeing, I think things are looking up. I think we'll be back sooner than later but I can't promise you anything, so I don't really know. Disney, of course, said, until further notice. So we will see how long it takes them to open up. And there are lots of theories on what's going to happen when they do open up. Um, obviously, they can't just open up the doors and say, hey, y'all, come on in. Uh, they've got to get food in place. They've got to get staff in place. Uh, news came out last week that they sent home all their international people from Epcot, the people that worked in the in the kiosks, in the, uh, you know, in the World Showcase pavilions. All those guys are going home now. So... You know, we've got to bring staff in. So there's a good chance all the parks won't open at one time. We may have one park open for a week and then two parks and then three parks and maybe four. Who knows? Nobody exactly knows what it's going to look like. This is this is uncharted territory. This is unprecedented territory, uncharted waters as to where we are. You know, keep faith. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. We're going to get past it. Everything will be okay. It, it will. It will. And, uh, you know, we just got to keep strong, hold on to each other. Don't hold on to each other too tightly, though, because social distancing. Uh, But, no, we have to really, you know, we have to really just kind of push through. And we're going to do it together. The podcast will be here. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to what we're going to be talking about tonight. And that is a goofy movie. It's a movie that came out in 1995. And uh, when I kind of put this on the list of movies to talk about in the, uh, the Inside the Clamshell feature, which we do from time to time, we take a deep dive into a classic Disney film. Uh, one that maybe wasn't as popular as The Lion King or Beauty and the Beast or whatever, and this is definitely one of them. It's a movie that didn't make a ton of money at the box office. It did okay, but uh, it really has gained a cult status, 
cult following in the recent years, in the, I guess, 25 years. And this week is kind of fortuitous because it, it is the 25th anniversary this week of a Goofy movie, which is pretty exciting because it happened to fall on this week uh, when I got to talk to my friend Susie. And, uh, you know, we were going to talk, I don't know, about a month or two ago about this movie, and it never came to be. We never got the schedules coordinated, and then we worked it out. We got together last night and said, hey, you know what? Let's call in. Let's make this happen, and we did it, and here we are. So, guys, uh, from the Imagineering Podcast, my good friend Susie B., we're going to talk about a goofy movie. Y'all enjoy. So we are taking a dive inside the clamshell, and I can't do it by myself. I can't do this without having a friend of mine on the show with me to talk about this movie that I didn't see for the first time till last year. And I was like, you know, I have to have somebody here. Maybe they grew up with this movie. And that's, that means none other than my friend Susie over from Inside the Imagineers podcast. Hi, Susie B. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Well, good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, being willing to talk about a goofy movie for, for an hour or however long we chat about it. Yeah. So, yeah, great movie. Well, and it's interesting. The reason I had you pegged for this movie, because when I saw it last year, I think I posted mm-hmm. about it. And I can't mm-hmm. remember if you responded via tweet or, or Instagram or something to yeah. my post or if you had just happened to post about it at the same time. But either way, yeah. we made a connection. And um, your thoughts on the movie, before we dive into the movie, what it's all about, uh-huh. your, your thoughts overall in the initial theme wasn't necessarily negative, but it, it kind of had a strong response to it. Your, what, were you, what were your thoughts initially? Yeah, so I don't want to do like a dissertation on a Goofy movie, but um, it's weird for me having gone back and watched it as an adult Mm -hmm. and having a different like, whoa, what is this movie? Like, I'm seeing it totally differently and not not in a weird way. Like people say when they go back and watch things, like there's not like inappropriate things, but seeing it as an adult, a movie that is a very parent-child relationship focused movie, having seen it as a kid. My parents didn't like it a lot. Right. Um, we watched it and um, and I liked it. But then seeing it as again as an adult, I'm like, yes, this is a good movie. But I now see uh, where they were coming from right. in a lot of those respects. Yeah, your your whole theme was basically Max is a punk. The way he disrespects his dad is just awful. And <laughs> I and felt I, so awkward. <laughs> I, I watched it. I watched it this afternoon, and, and of course, this is a cartoon, so we do have to kind yeah, of give that yeah. caveat. But um, I watched it this afternoon. It was the second time I'd watched it. I watched it like last fall, and then I watched it again. And and um, and I like it. I do. I thought it was a fun movie. Now there, yeah. of course, is a sequel, an extremely goofy movie, which I saw the mm-hmm. first ten minutes of this afternoon, and then you and know, it was not for you. And, well, I do want to see it. I do want to continue it. Um, now. So just to kind of set the scene, Goof, Goofy Movie is kind of the the sequel or the the I guess the the length full length version of a Goof Troop. That was mm-hmm. a Disney afternoon cartoon that came on the heels of Ducktales and mm-hmm. Gummy Bears and all the other ones that came out in the afternoon, Tailspin or whatever. Goof Troop was one that came on for a couple of years, and it had Goofy and his son Max. It had Pete um, and his family, Peg and Pistol, I think. Um, <laughs> Peg, P- uh, Peg Leg, Pete and Pistol. <laughs> Those are all meaningful puns in that in that family. Uh, I never watched a single episode of the Goof Troop. I, no. I watched it in, in reruns. So right. I grew up during the time where like the 90s movies, I wasn't like really alive or alive enough to remember, right. but I got them at like the tail end mm-hmm. or watched them in reruns and syndication. So I do remember that series. I, I didn't realize until we started like doing a little bit a little bit of research into a goofy movie, right. and that's you know, which is the most professional is, thing I've ever right. said <laughs> <laughs> and realizing like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot about that show. 
Yeah, I'm afraid my clients are going to hear this and be like, so you didn't call about my tickets because yeah. you were watching a goofy <laughs> movie and doing research? <laughs> what? Uh, no, so this is a movie that did come out in the mid-90s, and I was in mm-hmm. college at the time. This is 95 when it came out. And just to kind of set the scene, just so you'll know kind of the 95 era, uh, it came out the same weekend. And listen to this list. Bad Boys, the first Bad Boys with Martin <laughs> Lawrence and Will Smith. Uh, Circle of Friends, which was a big movie back in the 90s, Chris O'Donnell, Mini Driver, Don Juan DeMarco, back when Johnny Depp was kind of hitting his heyday before Pirates, uh, mm-hmm. Jury Duty, which is this Polly Shore film back when he, he had a heyday for about three years there. He was actually popular. Uh, the Pebble and the Penguin, which was a Oh movie, my gosh. Same weekend, a uh, movie that came that out to about the same time uh, from the studio that did American Tale and other movies. And all mm-hmm. those movies came out. I love same, American Tale. Same weekend as Goofy Movie. And Goofy Movie made $35 million at the box office. The 47th highest grossing film of 1995. And just to kind of look at 95, to kind of set the scene of what movies were out that year, the popular ones Die Hard with a Vengeance was the most popular. Toy Story, Apollo 13, GoldenEye, Pocahontas, Batman Forever, Seven, Casper, Waterworld, and Jumanji. So this is kind of the era we're talking about here. And, and for, for a goofy movie, this is one of those films that I, I kind of liken this with Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense that I didn't see it till I was much, much older. Now, this you know, a- I didn't see Hocus Pocus until within the last, I think it was the last, this last, Halloween too well, as an hold adult. Your, hold your thoughts on that because I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But uh-huh. this is this kind of falls in the category of movies that I should have seen as a kid, mm-hmm. and I probably would like it as a kid and having grown up with it, loving it. But looking back on it now, like Hocus Pocus, and I don't know what you thought about it. For me, I thought it was terrible. I was just like, this movie's, you know, I don't get it. I didn't I wasn't, get it either. I was not alone there when I watched it. Yeah. Um, now, are there movies like that for you that I guess they would have come out in the '90s or early 2000s that mm-hmm. that you didn't see as a kid but you see now? That you look back on and go, why is that movie so popular? Why? Um, I don't understand it. Gosh, I, I guess Hocus Pocus is a good one that I've circled back to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had mostly the opposite effect. So um, was raised in a pretty conservative Christian home, and that's something I'm very thankful for. But there were like random movies that my parents didn't really want us to watch, mm-hmm. um, especially when we were little, which I get. Um, one of them actually was Hercules. Um, because it does get a little dark toward the end with Hades and and stuff, which is weird because even at my Christian school by junior high, we're learning Greek mythology. So I was like, whatever, I'm 12. (laughs) I'm going to watch Hercules. And I was like, I love Hercules. So like when I would come around to those things, I didn't watch and mostly had a positive reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I'm with you on Hocus Pocus. Like it's cute. The stage show at the not so scary Halloween party is great. I don't get I don't get the movie. I I don't know. Again, because I'm an adult, I'm like, Sarah Jessica Parker is a predator in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit much. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, the movie for me that's like that um, is is Goonies. Now, I saw that as a kid. <gasps> really? Uh, I saw that as a kid. And I, I loved too. Goonies. I grew yeah. up with Goonies. And I still love Goonies. But I know people who watched it into their adulthood, in their 30s or whatever that watched it. They're like, this movie's not good. And if uh-huh. you take a step back from the movie, it's really not that good of a movie. It's just, it's kind of standard. You're just emotionally kind of connected to but it. But I'm connected to it. And I can see where a lot yeah. of people would be connected to Hocus Pocus and connected to a Goofy movie. The mm-hmm. difference is I liked Goofy movie. I did. I thought it I was did a too. Fun movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, what we're not going to do is raise all the questions of like, why does Goofy have a child? What happened to mom? <laughs> what, we're not going to get into any of that because I don't know that we can answer those questions or even answer them safely. Um, I don't. I, 
having never watched Lemon Tree, maybe they address that. I I don't know. I have no, I have no memory. I think it is. I think she's mentioned in one of the Mickey. It's either Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas or Twice Upon a Christmas when Max is like a child mm-hmm. and Santa Claus. I think she's like mentioned in passing, and or maybe just as a child, I was like needing to explain this away, right. and I was like, oh, she died, but she was the greatest. Mother of all time. Do we I don't know, know. Do we know that, and I hate to be all nerdy here, but do we know that, <laughs> that, that, that the Mickey's Once Upon a Time or Christmas is canon along the same lines with Goofy movie? Like, are the universes shared? Oh, or is it like, hey, question. we're going to make a movie with Max and Goofy, use these characters, not paying attention to what happens in the other Disney sphere? Yeah, I think that kind of like um, in the same, I guess, spirit that Muppets would sometimes have like, you know, their main characters off right. on different things and it didn't always line up. I think that Disney has that liberty with the, what, Fab 4, yeah. Fab, five. Fab 5. I think so too, because with the Muppets, they all met for the first time in a Muppet movie. And then mm-hmm. in The Great Muppet Caper, they all met again, but they were they were kind of wink, wink, nod, nod, making a movie as yeah. the first show. <laughs> but then in The Muppet... Great, Muppet takes Manhattan. Manhattan they, they go to college. They go to yeah. college, but they have a flashback to Muppet Babies when they were all together. So yeah, there is that whole like you know, <laughs> cannons out the window. It doesn't matter, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. So Which, the movie by the way so, is apparently a thing. By the way, for Star Wars fans, it's uh, Star that Wars. That went out the window this last week. Apparently, yeah, Star Wars. Don't get me is, started, but I did. <laughs> all right. In in thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Let's do it. Knock it out. What is your? What was your biggest beef with Rise of Skywalker? Um, okay, I can really break it down into three things. Ray being a Palpatine, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Solo dying, and J.J. Abrams. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who follows Susie on, um, on, on Twitter or on, on social media, she's fairly vocal about her thoughts on Rise of Skywalker. You kind of uh, have to read between sorry. the lines to see. No, it's actually pretty funny. It really is. I, well, I, I, it's, sometimes it's a downer. Well, you are a big fan of The Last Jedi, and I am not. I, I've seen mm-hmm. The Last Jedi three times, and all three times, I like it a little bit less. It's um, too long. I, I, that is a, a legitimate I, criticism. But also, five years into the new, the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. I'm still struggling with the fact that Ray and Finn are now part of the Star Wars canon. Like, I just, it's, you know, because I grew up with the whole Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. and I'm like, now you're bringing these new people in, and mm-hmm. I don't get it. And just, it's, but, but that's for another clamshell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> another we should do clamshell. that. <laughs> so, talking about a goof trip let's a goofy movie let's kind of i want to kind of spill the movie out and we'll kind of go through the plot line if you've never Mm -hmm. seen it i stop this podcast go watch it it's on disney plus it's an hour and 20 minutes you'll knock it out in the afternoon what else are you going to do you're quarantined you got nothing else going on um (laughs) and so after you teach the kids watch this and so goofy movie starts out with max who is goofy's son uh he's Mm -hmm. a teenager and he's at school he he he's trying to do this presentation basically where he dresses up as power line Powerline is this big R&B rock star, pop star of, of that era. Um, of the, I guess this movie is set in 95-ish, mid-90s-ish, kind of yeah. some of the things they got going on. Uh, but so he's a big popular star in the mid-90s, and he, he's, you know, he, he likes this girl named Roxanne, who sort of likes him too and everything, so he promises to take Roxanne to a party. And, and Goofy wants to spend time with Max, and he sees the father-son relationship kind of breaking there, so he sets out on this this journey. He says, hey, we're going to go on vacation, and he makes Max go with him because he gets a call from the principal. The principal is like, you know, your son's going to end up in, uh, in, in, in juvenile detention or in prison or whatever, and he's like, I don't want that, so mm-hmm. he takes him on this, this mm-hmm. series of misadventures across the country. Well, unfortunately, to tell, um, to tell Roxanne, the love interest, that he is going on vacation, he lies, just a little white <laughs> lie, and he told Roxanne he's going to a Powerline concert in Los Angeles. 
without telling his dad this. And so, of course, things happen towards the end of the movie. The map gets changed. They end up in Los Angeles. They end up at Powerline concert. Everything's happy. He comes home to Roxanne. Roxanne gives a big kiss. Goofy's like, hey, how you doing? And so everything. So that's kind of the premise <laughs> of the Goofy movie. Did I miss anything overall there? Did I, did I skip something or miss any big events there? We'll dive into it a little no, bit. Kind that, of further. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the, you know, Reader's Digest version from yes. 10,000 Feet Up. I, I think yeah. that's a good good way to summarize it I, I, well first let's talk about goofy i i like goofy as a dad i do and one of the it's it, and it's, it's sweet it's a fun movie because and this is just goes to the power of storytelling one of the saddest parts about the movie is in the right in the middle of it when goofy well not first of all goofy realizes his son doesn't want to be around him and he has mm-hmm. this devastated look in his eye and then he realizes his son has lied to him because his son is taking this map has misconstrued the map to take them to los angeles instead of across the country to go over where they're going um to go on this, this adventure and just he comes into their hotel room and he lays down and he just don't want to face his son because because his son lied to him and mm-hmm. it's 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 sort of sad. It really is kind of sad. And you know, and and I don't know if 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 you've ever had that with your with your parents, where you disappointed them to the point where you, know, you lied to them or something, and just, as a yeah. teenager, and, and they looked at you with a sad eyes, like, "I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed." As your heart cracks into a thousand mm-hmm. pieces and everything, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just it was, it was sad. It really was sad. It is sad, and it's nice to see. Um, Goofy get mm-hmm. that kind of range of emotions and a story told. I know this again, it may sound like really silly, but he is a character who is silly and that's his thing. You know, Mickey's the like, whatever Donald's grumpy and doesn't wear pants, but then goofy is goofy. And so it's really cool to see that he, yes, he's a dad. He has these other things, but they like really humanize goofy. Right which is an interesting take um, talking about the time period that this came out in. It's the Renaissance of Disney animation mm-hmm. with, you know, predecessors to this time, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Lion King, Aladdin, everything. Um, Goofy getting his own story. I feel like is a really important storytelling decision that Disney made. So right. yeah, I, it, yeah, it breaks your heart and good. Because our heart got broken, you know, when Mufasa died and like all these right. other things. So why can't, why can't Goofy get an iconic moment well, too? And it's interesting that you said that about the Renaissance because it is important to remember this is not part of the Renaissance. This is not right. – Goofy, Goofy movie falls along with DuckTales the movie, Pooh's mm-hmm. Grand Adventure, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the sequels like Aladdin and the King of Thieves and uh, Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tigger movie, Return to Neverland. This falls along with, with Disney movie tunes is what they call uh, yeah. television animation where they kind of did sequels and stuff. So, you know, this isn't necessarily considered part of the part of the Renaissance, but it's like a weird timeline, really parallel is. timeline. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Cause over here you got animation rocking with Lion King and Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. and, and Aladdin. And there's uh, you know, little mermaid and Hercules and over here. You've got DuckTales and goofy movie and there's return to Neverland, you know? So it is a parallel thing there where these movies don't make nearly as much money, but they're also not given the same amount of attention. This is almost yeah. like fan service for the people who stuck out, you know, stuck with watching a series for two or three years. Hey, we're going to give you a movie, and that's how the mm-hmm. show ends. And mm-hmm. actually, an extremely goofy movie is the series finale of The Goof Troop. Um, that's kind of the, the ending I need to go of back and story. watch that one. So, I remember yeah. not liking it as much. Well, I watched the first 10 minutes of it, and it's kind of along the same lines as this. I could kind of tell, because mm-hmm. that was direct-to-video. So I can kind of tell it has that, that 90s direct-to-video feel, like when you're watching... Mm-hmm. Aladdin and the Return of Jafar, and you're like, this is not quite the same as a whole new world, one jump yeah, ahead kind of thing. It, yeah, it's the Walmart brand cereal. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah, with Goofy, it, 
like at the parks and stuff. And of course he has a whole series in the forties and fifties of him just being a bumbling, stumbling athlete. And he teaches you how to fish and he gets the hook caught in his hair. And you know, he can't play football, <laughs> the whole bumbling thing. And in the parks, you know, he is this like goofy, just lumbering <laughs> ooh, kind of, kind of character. And so you're right. It does humanize him because it takes that silliness because he's still very bumbling and still very, just can't get out of his own way, mm-hmm. but it gives him that human feel of he's a dad. He loves his son. He wants to spend more than anything else. He just wants to spend time yeah. with his son and he wants his son to like him. And maybe doesn't even think he didn't worry about thinking he's cool. He just wants his son to like him. And you've got next door yeah. Pete with his PJ, who is Max's best friend, Pete is like, mm-hmm. you want your son to respect him. So make sure, you know, you know, you, there's a whole little kind of a weird subplot there where they keep running to each other on vacation. And yeah. Pete's trying to convince Goofy, you know, don't, don't, you know, try to be their friend. You need to really be harsh on him and you know, whatever. Kind of an odd little take there that happens along the way. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got, of course, Max, the team, who is voiced by a guy named James, not James Marsden. Um, what is this guy's name? Uh, let me look real quick. I had it just a second ago. Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden. No relation to James Marsden, by the way, so don't get that caught in your head. Uh, you know, he's, he's the teenage son, and he's this teenage kid who wants the girl, Roxanne, played by Kelly mm-hmm. Martin, which we'll get to Kelly Martin in just a few minutes. But, um, you know, he he's, looks like a Goofy. He looks like a – and I did not know until today, by the way, that Goofy's last name was Goof. It's Max Goof. And Goofy Goof. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Where they keep calling him Goof. Yeah. Yeah. Pete keeps calling him Goof. And I kind of looked. At, I was like, oh, it's the Goof family. Max, that means Goofy's last name is Goof? That's a little on the nose. It's like John Johnson. Right. John <laughs> Johnson. Name. Or if, uh, my name could be like, you know, Doll Dollar or Bri yeah. Brian or something. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. weird. But, um, yeah. So you've got the teenage kid. And he's, they actually do a pretty good job of depicting him as a teenage kid uh, because he is just kind of stubborn. He's set his ways. He knows right. He wants what he wants. He doesn't don't do what dad wants to do. But there is a point somewhere in the movie, um, and I will, I will say this about, about Max. He has the same reaction that I think a lot of us would have at 13 or 14 years old when you're being forced to go on yeah. a vacation. Goofy didn't ask Max at all what you want to do. He didn't say, hey, son, I'm right. thinking about a vacation. Let's go on a vacation. Where do you want to go? We're going. No matter what you want to do, we're going. But what yeah. do you want to go? And then he could easily say, well, there's a Powerline concert in Los Angeles. Why don't we go there? Okay, well, let's do that. Yeah. Then we don't have a movie because they just go to the <laughs> Well, and I caught this the last time I was watching it. Um, again, research. Mm-hmm. Um, Max starts um, to say something to Goofy. I can't remember if it's like he starts to say there's this girl or there's this party. Like, you know, we want to blame Max on being like, I'm a teenager and like, I'm sulking. And like, Max has a ton of issues. Like, right. don't get me wrong. He's extremely right. disrespectful. Um, Goofy is not flawless in this movie either. Um, he isn't hearing Max's side of things. Um, he just, you're right. He just kind of drags him out with this and yeah, Max starts and he's immediately interrupted. Like I think it gets two or three words out and then Goofy's like, Oh, we're doing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because for so long having grown up and been like, Oh, you know, you don't talk to your parents like that. And now I'm an adult and I see Goofy <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I really feel bad for you, but I'm also like, Max tried to open up and of course and he immediately just shuts down the rest of the movie until you know right. essentially the very end with the climax with everything as yeah. every movie does you have that yeah. you know come to Jesus moment but um yeah I was like oh there's a little bit more more at stake here both of them have a journey to go on 
Which isn't, I mean, because they do end up at the end of the movie becoming not just father and son, which they are, but they become friends. I mean, they become yeah. to the point where they like each other, at least can tolerate each other. Uh, and Goofy has an understanding, I think, about Max, because when he finds out about Roxanne, it's mm-hmm. like he has a little bell go off of his head going, oh, this is about a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, which for you girls out game there. Game changer. <laughs> it is a game changer for all the guys, for especially teenage boys. You don't understand what, what a girl does to a boy's head in terms of your decisions. The th- mm-hmm. So many poor decisions are made in life based on the love of a girl, based on how much. Well, trust me, I'm sh- it goes both ways. Well, it does go both <laughs> ways too. I'm not saying, you know, that you don't recognize that at all, but, but, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, so when Goofy finds out, oh, it's for a girl, it's almost like everything is just forgotten because mm-hmm. they wreck, the, the car gets wrecked. It gets, it ends up in the river. And so they're, you know, they're on a raft and they're floating and Goofy finds out it's a girl. And they're like, everything is suddenly like out the window. Oh, I get it. It's about a girl. That mm-hmm. makes total sense because you know, <laughs> Roxanne. So now they have to get on power the Powerline stage. So not just yeah. am I going to the concert, I'm going to be on stage with Powerline, which I don't know if you've ever been to a concert. And I'm done that you. I'm sure that you have, but out there. Well, yeah, who, but they've all been in a you know post 9/11 post right. shooting world where right, but, but you can't even bring in the in 90s, anything besides a clear bag. <laughs> even in the 90s, there's not a whole lot of concerts. You can just say, you know what, I'm going to be on that stage because yeah. <laughs> this is the biggest pop star in the world, according to what this you know what's going on here in this movie. So back in the 90s, you're talking about Boys to Men, you're talking about Mariah Carey, you're talking about Bobby Brown, who Bobby Brown is one of the characters that Powerline is kind of based off of, um, minus the Whitney Houston cocaine drug-fueled beatings, thankfully. Uh, well, well, then again, we don't know. We, don't we, know haven't, had, we haven't had our spinoff Powerline series. That's true. That is very that. true. So we might see some <laughs> of that. The uh, you know, PG-13 kind of adult show on Hulu. But um, So no, getting on stage is not that easy. And they had one right. bouncer guy who tried to, tried to thwart their attempts, and they still got on stage. And even when you're on stage, let's just say that you decide to get on stage like that, you're going to get tackled pretty fast by people who don't want you on that stage. Yeah, but if you can, if you can dance like that and do that. That is true. Cast. If you can just, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know why that, that throwing the cast never caught on, like mowing the lawn or yeah. doing the wheelbarrow or whatever, but he throws the cast and he's dancing and Powerline's well, do you, like, hey. Do you know it's kind of a thing in the park? Did you know that? What, throwing the line? Uh, the, the, the dance they do. So this is one of my quarantine goals is to learn the dance. But um, I saw in a Disney group on Facebook that there are certain goofies uh-huh. who know the dance. Wow, that's awesome. Not all, not all goofies or friends of Goofy, mm-hmm. as the cast members say, uh, right. know it. So um, it's usually best to, she said, ask the, um, if there's a, a, a photographer or like mm-hmm. a, another a handler. handler with them yeah. to ask. Um, if they do, if they know it and, and some of them do, which is really deep in the nostalgia. Right, That's so some good stuff. Parents, please cover your kids ears for the next 15 seconds while I ask this question. How <laughs> do you do that in a costume? That is a big costume with a large head. Yeah. It, <laughs> so it's not, it's not the whole thing. It's, there's just like, um, about 12 or 15 seconds worth of it from the video that, um, she shared cause the person in the group. Right. Has a friend who's a friend of Goofy. That's awesome. And that's how they found out. And so, um, yeah, she posted a video of it. And, um, yeah, it's only, it's, a, it's not as complicated. He, they make it work, yeah, with a giant head. But um, <laughs> I'll have to send you the video if I can find it. That it's, is great. That is It's fantastic. something I really want to do. All right. So let's kind of look at the character of Powerline. This is the biggest, char- biggest star in the world. It's a huge pop star. Uh, he has a couple of songs in the movie. Uh, Stand Up, Eye to Eye is kind of the big one. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, there actually is music all the way through this. I mean, Goofy and, and, and uh, um, 
and Max sing a song while they're on the while they're in the road, while they're in the car, you know, mm-hmm. while they're on the raft. So they get their songs, and everything. So it's it's a very fairly pleasant soundtrack. All the songs are kind of light yeah. and kind of fun. Um, but Eye to Eye is the big one. Stand out. The other one you actually hear Stand Out several times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much you know about Tevin Campbell. Um, do you know anything about Tevin Campbell other than just um, that's who Powerline is? That's who Powerline is, and the general Wikipedia. It is not my genre of right. choice and especially during a time when i wasn't around right enough to be able to well, t- this was actually 95 <laughs> really was kind of 95 was kind of the peak maybe the starting the downslope of tevin campbell's like popular career he was really mm-hmm. big in the early 90s he had a couple of hits mm-hmm. can we talk is my i love can we talk Tell me what you want me to do. He had one called Round and Round. And this is back when he was like 18, 16. I mean, he had been very, very young. Oh. So Goofy Movie was kind of his his last big hurrah. Before, and I think, I'm sure he thought he'd have a bigger career. And he just mm-hmm. uh, I think he went on to have a few, and people I'm sure will, will correct me on this, but I think he went on to have a few you know, hits on the R&B charts and stuff, but nothing major like he had before. Yeah. Um, he was based on the character of Bobby Brown, Michael Jackson, and Prince, kind of this combined power line. I, def- I definitely yeah. see that, yeah. And so while Powerline is kind of billed as a, I guess in today's times, it'd be like a Bruno Mars kind of character where you can sing, mm-hmm. dance, whatever. Dance. Tevin Campbell himself would almost be like a Bruno Mars second cousin, really pop, really <laughs> good, very talented, but he would be the opening for other people and not actually being the Bruno Got Mars. Got it. So that's kind of yeah. what he was. And this is also in the 90s too, when, and this is my high school and college years, and this is when I was huge and huge into music and I wasn't real popular in high school, so I sat at home watched listened to the radio a lot. So mm-hmm. I listened to you know a lot of the all the bands that came out about that time. They had this big R and B influx with Boys to Men that kind of led the charge. And um, you had bands like Jodeci, and you had All for One, who did the I Swear song. And um, you know this is the ah, end of Belle of the Bow, and you had Ralph Trisman, mm-hmm. Johnny Gill. All these names. These were all the, the popular R and B artists. And this is kind of before. And I guess, that for lack of a better term, this is kind of before it got really dirty and really filthy. Because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of rap and R&B out there that's just, you can't, you just can't listen to it. And there was yeah. some of that back then. But this is yeah. a lot of, it was, to me, it was just more fun, a lot cleaner and that kind of thing. And uh, overall, um, but that was kind of the, the mid-90s era. And you also had, jumping to another character too, you had uh, Roxanne played by Kelly Martin. Mm-hmm. Kelly Martin, for me, uh, I always have an affinity for 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 actors and actresses and whatever that are my age, she and I are separated by a few months. Um, this is why I've always had a thing for Charlize Theron because she's mm-hmm. like 10 days older than I am. So we're the same age. Um, yeah. Kelly Martin was really big in the nineties or early 80s, late eighties, early nineties. She had the life goes on mm-hmm. series. I don't know if you ever knew anything about life goes on. Uh, no. And, and reading about her, there's just a few things that I recognize, but yes. again, she I got the have, tail end of the nineties. Well, she didn't have a big career. She did like a hugely popular career. Uh, she did a uh-huh. few movies here and there. She was she's really big now in Hallmark and Lifetime movies, and I think she plays a detective or something in one of yeah, the Hallmark mystery series. Mystery woman. Yes, that's her. Um, mm-hmm. So she, whatever it is, I don't I don't watch those, so I can't tell you what exactly she I does. I do not either. She's kind of in that rotation. So that's kind of your main cast there. And of course, you've also got Pete. You've also got uh, Wallace Shawn, who you would know as as uh, Rex from Toy Story. He's the principal mm-hmm. one. Uh, Von Oy, who is Stacy, the best friend of Roxanne. She was in Blossom at the time. Um, oh, that's so funny. 
uh, Joanne Worley, who was the wardrobe in um, in Beauty and the Beast, she's Miss Maples. She's one of the secretaries, mm-hmm. and you know, so that's just the kind of the list of names there. And then, of course, you've got Kevin Lima, who's Lester the Possum. Right <laughs> in the middle of the movie, they stop at this country bear jamboree type place. Oh my gosh! I, I yeah, I had to text. Um, so my co-host on our podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, is a huge country bears fan, which I think everyone should be understanding should be. what it they is. Yep. Um, but I was like. Oh my gosh. Cause again, I hadn't seen this movie in right. 15 or more years. So I was yeah. like, Oh my gosh. And I think that, um, they had a little bit more freedom to do a little. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that at Disney, with these types of movies that mm-hmm. weren't the box office, um, uh, you know, relying on that big opening, whatever. So they could kind of do a little bit more jokes yeah. here and there. Yeah. There wasn't anything in there that I caught that I was like, Ooh, I think, well, no, there was one thing and I can't remember what it was. Something I thought to myself, they probably couldn't get away with that now. Um, but overall there really wasn't that much to it, but Lester mm-hmm. the possum, the lead guy was a voice by Kevin Lima who directed the movie. His other directorial efforts included Tarzan a few years later, mm-hmm. uh, 102 Dalmatians. He directed several Eloise movies. I don't know a lot about Eloise, but... Uh, I remember Eloise. Eloise at the Plaza, Julian. As, as a girl, you probably would know about uh-huh. Eloise. And he directed Enchanted, which is... I was very pleasantly surprised yes, to see that for you. My, my dear, sweet, favorite Amy Adams, my girl. She's an Enchanted. And I was like, Kevin <laughs> Lima, you and I are just... We're like this. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make you like a goofy movie a little bit more? Maybe a little connection? bit more. Well, I mean, I like the director. He, I mean, I, Hunter yeah. Dalmatians is fine. Tarzan is okay. I mean, it's, um, you know, I guess goofy movie and Enchanted are kind of his big hits for me, which mm-hmm. having those two on a resume is not a, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing no, at all. So, not at all. Uh, all right. So favorite parts of the movie, what parts really got you that you really just laugh at you enjoyed? You wouldn't mind. Yeah. If you saw it again on TV, you're like, I'm stopping to watch this part. Um, I can't really speak to originally as like a kid seeing it for the first time yeah, but now. as an adult, as an adult, I definitely love, um, and we just talked about the power line stuff is really cute to me. Mm-hmm. I love the, like the thing with the casting. Um, actually I take that back. I do remember my favorite part as a kid because it did make me smile a lot. Reseeing it, anything in the entire Bigfoot sequence was just hilarious to me when I was little. I don't know why. Um, so there's a part in the movie where they go camping on the way to this giant fishing trip that Goofy has planned. Mm-hmm. And naturally, uh, they stumble across Bigfoot as one does. And they, does. Get, <laughs> they get locked in their car uh, while Bigfoot you know, goes through all their stuff and eats their food. And um, it's really Bigfoot's really funny in this scene. He puts on uh, some headphones and starts like moonwalking around and dancing. And then Max and Goofy have like their really first um, kind of breakthrough um, right. in this scene. Um, they eat some soup and um, it's um, alphabet soup. And so Goofy tells Max, you know, when you were little, you used to write me little messages in your soup and it's really sweet. And then of course, at the end of this sequence, Max makes the big decision to change the map. So a lot of things happen. Right. It's funny. It's heartwarming. And it is definitely um, adds a, another twist to the overall plot. Now, and changing the map, of course, was a big thing because the map was going to take him to Idaho to go fishing at this whatever place. Mm-hmm. He changed the map, knowing that his dad wouldn't study the map that that, that closely, knowing your dad <laughs> is, is goofy. So knowing your change- dad has zero apparent sense of direction. I mean, Goofy's all. not going to look at this map and go, okay, so the line was up here, but now it's down here at the bottom of the map. Yeah. What happened? He'll just be like, you know, I'm letting you be in charge of the map. Yeah. Um, so he changes the map and everything. And you can kind of tell that was kind of the turning point for Max because – He's, he's guilt-ridden. Like, he feels so bad about what he done. This is, done this is worse than, I think, previously because now he just had that moment with his dad where they do kind of connect on something and he mm-hmm. writes, you know, um, 
a sweet message in the alphabet soup for his dad now as a teenager. And then he still does that. Like that is like a really deep. Well, and it, it hits you harder because Goofy's talking to Pete who keeps showing up and Pete's like, <laughs> you know, the, your, your son is duping you. And Goofy's like, no, well, no, he wouldn't lie to me. We basically had a breakthrough. He's not going to lie to me. And Pete's like, yeah, he is lying to you. So that kind of sets it up where you know, he gets in the car and Goofy wants to look at the map, but you're thinking, I'm not going to look at it because I trust my son. He wouldn't lie to me. Map, mm-hmm. of course, falls into the into the floor or into the seat. He looks at it and realizes what's going on. Um, that that sequence was, was odd to me. The Bigfoot sequence it just happened to be a Bigfoot there. Uh, I did like. I, I know. I'm telling you that <laughs> when you said, I got to thinking. I was like, oh my gosh, I do remember watching it now and and being like, I remember thinking this was so funny as a kid. I don't know, like his little he does this weird dance with his finger, and I thought that was so funny. I guess I was a really lame child, but clearly still a lame adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I liked that, uh, that whole bit. I like the, I like the school sequence towards the end it, or towards the beginning of it. It really is just yeah. kind of, it's they're for, I guess they're dogs. I mean, I guess that's what they are. They're all dogs. <laughs> and so you have this massive <laughs> amount of dogs living in this human world. They're all, they're all humanist dogs, basically, including the teenage girls who wear low cut tops. And I'm like, those dogs should not have curves like that. What the heck? <laughs> this is odd. Oh, um, this is, this is the movie that the directors of cats from last year were like, yes, yes, that. exactly. <laughs> oh, I remember what it was that I don't think they could get away with in a, in a cartoon when, cause Goofy's a photographer and he works for Pete. And so Goofy decides to take yes. off and run, yes. uh, yes. go get the kid. He's like, it, it kills me when a movie about. does something where a character's like, okay, I'm now so into this idea. I have to leave right now. I can't wait to the mm-hmm. end of the work day. I can't wait for my break. I have to leave right and drop everything. George Clooney does this at the end of Up in the Air, which is almost a perfect movie, except for it drives me nuts when he does that at the end. He walks <laughs> out of the speech. Movie. All the people paid all that money to hear him. And he's like, I'm, I'm like, leaving. can you just wait like 30 minutes? I'm like, like, just, or end your speech and say, guys, I have, I've got some stomach issues. I got to get out of here. Your money will be <laughs> So anyway, um, so Pete has to take over and you got the little problem child who's all over the place. He looks around the little problem child has left her underwear on the, the bloomers on the table and she's running yeah. around bare butt through the, through them all. And I'm like, that's a kid's butt. I just don't know that they would do that on a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, kids think it's funny, but yeah. it's just, it's just kind of weird, but uh, I like well, the whole sequence. It's a different world now than yeah, setting up, setting up the whole world that you live in 1995 and everything. Um, one. Okay. So let me ask you any, besides the obvious Matt having the attitude, Anything mm-hmm. stick out for you that I don't want to say you had a problem with, but you're like, okay, that's weird. I don't, that's just kind of odd. That's, that's, I'm, that's, I have questions about this, you know, hmm. anything popped in your head that you're like, you know, this is just weird. I know, I wouldn't call Max's attitude weird. I'd call Max's attitude problematic, but it's yes. yeah. like, it's what a teenager does. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about there being no mom and that being strange. Um, I thought the motor home that Pete had was really weird. Cause like, we, I grew up in a family that had a motorhome and we would go to Fort Wilderness all the time and camp. Right. And I was like, uh, that's not what motorhomes look like, but it's the goofy movie. So you have to set <laughs> reality aside for any amount of time. Um, I think maybe the fact that DNA is scientific and exists and there's no way that Roxanne could look like what Roxanne looked like, even in this imaginary <laughs> world, considering what Roxanne's father looked like. <laughs> He's really scary. That was very odd. That was a very large. It's a very father. uncomfortable thing. Yeah, he looks so, like a hitman. <laughs> there, there are two issues I had. Two things that okay. came to mind. And again, I go with this. What you said. This is a goofy movie, so don't overthink it. But this is inside the clamshell. We're going to overthink it. Uh, first of all, he's driving a '78 Pacer, uh, AMC Pacer. <laughs> AMC made cars in the mid late '70s, uh, which were terrible. 
Okay, 78 Pacer. If we're assuming this movie takes place in 95 or somewhere in the mid-90s based on technology, you're now telling me this AMC Pacer has lasted almost 20 years. I can't buy that um, <laughs> because the way the car is abused and like the, the tires yeah. keep falling off. It's just, it, that makes no sense whatsoever. Plus the fact that both of them could lay on their sides in the front seat to go to sleep. Yeah. A little odd too there. Yeah. The, the other thing. I think, got I, me, I think I know what your other thing is. The other thing it got me and, and is like, I don't know how long this vacation was supposed to be. <laughs> But in this vacation, and I wrote this down, in this vacation, they, not, and this is actually after like two or three days had gone by in this vacation before mm-hmm. they even got to this montage where they jet skied, they went to a theme park, they went to Monster Truck Rally, they went to the big, biggest ball of yarn in the country, they went to Carlsbad Cavern, which is Carlsbad Cavern, obviously, they went to a baseball game, and somehow it looked like they ended up in New Orleans. I don't know if that's where it was supposed to be. And I'm like, how kind of detour? How long was the, this vacation? There, yeah, there's or was there no, just no sleep? Was it just, okay, we're just skiing until 12. We've got a baseball game at 1230 at the stadium. It's over by four. We're going to hit the monster truck. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> well, what kind, you, of, what kind of route is this? And you're, I, I probably, I think I mentioned this earlier where it was like, where were, they're going to Idaho, but then they were here and like, Goofy has no sense of direction. Like, Goofy doesn't know the difference between like east and west and north and south. Right? Can he not tell that? Like, (laughs) you know, we should be um, in Idaho right now, but we did just drive past like the San Diego Zoo. I have a theory that we're in the wrong state. You know what I mean? Like, eh, yeah. yeah, Well, and and if you're by if you're by the San Diego Zoo, that's when Max says, "Hey, you know what, Dad? We're kind of all over the place here." Los Angeles is about two hours away. I have an idea, something we can do great together that we would both love. There's a concert. You know what? Problem solved. But obviously then we wouldn't have the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, but that's a good point because I think that is one of the lessons from the movie looking at aside from if Goofy had explained to Max why they were going on this trip. Mm-hmm. If Max had better communicated to Goofy even after the trip, you're right. It's not terribly far out of the way to go to LA for um, the concert, but communicate. It's not just communicating from a person saying what they want to do or their, you know, their, motivation but being willing to listen and i think that this movie really focuses on listening and understanding where someone else is coming from that's true i mean i think that's and i don't know if that was the intentional theme of the movie but that is one of the themes of the movie is the Mm father-son relationship and part of that is listening to each other and i guess that could go with father father son mother son siblings or anything like that you know friends relationships whatever just listening to each other of mm-hmm. we can avoid a whole lot of problems and a whole lot of travel that we don't need to make plus a bigfoot attacking our car and getting sunk <laughs> into the river no we needed that <laughs> if we if we just listen to each other and if i've got something to say then just you know I'll say it and that way it'll mm-hmm. avoid a whole lot uh, did you did you catch the hidden mickeys in the movie Oh my gosh, no. Okay, so there are a couple of hidden Mickeys in the movie. Oh, of course, I mean, you know that Mickey and Donald are on the side of the road. You see them there. Yes, um, that one. Yeah, yeah, During yeah. the Powerline concert, Mickey Mouse can be spotted in the crowd, in the lower left portion of the crowd, shot immediately after the stage manager is thrown into the vision screen. Also, Mickey Mouse can be spotted during the show in the auditorium when Max flies towards Roxanne in the left bottom corner, right after the camera focuses the whole room. Um, and of course, you see him with Donald Duck. Uh, oh, you also, Max's phone. Yes, you also see Mickey in the second scene before Goofy walks in. Max has a Mickey Mouse phone on his dresser. Wow. So there's that. Um, there are actually several, like a little uh, a copy of Aladdin soundtrack can be seen in the bottom of the record store's window display during the song After Today. It's got the genie's lamp cover on it. So a lot of little Easter eggs in here, kind of stuck in here randomly. Um, 
which by the way, Carlsbad, back to what we said before, Carlsbad Caverns, Carol's mm-hmm. Butt Caverns, is in New Mexico. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where we are. Um, the image of Mickey Mouse's face can be seen on a back high chair in the scene in which the baby is about to stick a fork in the socket. Uh, I'm just going through the list here on IMDb of, of all the hidden Mickeys and everything. Yeah, so, this is crazy. Uh, you can see the crocodile from Peter Pan. It's backstage during the concert, during the Powerline concert. So there's that. So there's a lot of little little things going in there, going on in there in terms of you know hidden hidden Easter eggs and things like that. So well, good because um, those direct to VHS Disney tune movies. Um, weren't great yeah they weren't this they is weren't. a nice shining light and we talked about story but i just feel like they had fun on this one yeah they did and, and this one went straight to, it went to the movies which a lot of them did not so the Aladdin right. sequels and cinderella sequels the peter i uh, returned to neverland actually i think went to, to the theaters for a little while but um a lot of them didn't but this one was good enough to go to the theater and you know i I thought it actually did pretty well. Like I said, it was in the top 50 of the year, which sounds like a lot, but... Yeah, but it's a goofy movie. It's a goofy like... movie. and actually made pretty good of money, and it's a great family film. So really, mm-hmm. like, I have no problem with any child of any age watching this movie from front to back. There's nothing in there that I'm like, mm, I don't know about that, you know. Uh, I may yeah. not want my kid to watch Home on the Range only because I don't want him to watch crap, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, um, it goes back to, like I said, my parents weren't, like, happy with this movie. Or, it was just kind of like, it is uncomfortable watching how Max treats and talks to his dad, but like Max doesn't get off scotch free, uh, which is actually a problem. I'm going to sound like I'm 150 years old, but I have it with a lot of like modern, more like um, Disney shows or movies or Nickelodeon or whoever I noticed as I was growing up and becoming a teenager. And then like, if now I just pop back over to see like, Oh, I remember watching whatever, like kids did not get punished on a lot of things they still get their way and like it works out for max in the end but every um issue that they had to overcome a lot of the times max made it worse like it's there because of you right and And a lot of it that's the difference a lot of it is communication it a lot of it Mm -hmm. is simply him speaking up and saying hey dad here's what i gotta say or here's what we're doing or here's my thought or i lied to you blah 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 Mm -hmm. um all right, so the final big question before we kind of wrap this one, this one up. If they're going to put a Goofy movie attraction, <clears throat> not just on Goofy, mm-hmm. but based on a Goofy movie mm-hmm. in any of the parks, mm-hmm. where would they put it and what would that attraction be? So I have two thoughts. One mm-hmm. is a little bit more realistic. Well, I mean, they're not realistic, but right. maybe more serious. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you got to do a water attraction with a car, maybe something at um, – at Typhoon Lagoon, or like I see it as like a water ride where okay. you are getting wet, right. um, because there's a whole part in the movie where they're in a can. It's Great Grand Canyon. I don't Something know, like that. Yeah, there are, it, a water. water. Yeah. yeah, it's tricky. Um, my other thought is a little like cynical. It's something similar to the American Idol experience, but with Powerline. Interesting. <laughs> Because that was such a winner. Well, I was thinking like a Powerline stage show would be awesome. Yeah. And, and I don't know how long they would do it. I think that some, I think eventually it would fizzle out. But I think if you did that for a season, for a quarter or whatever, uh, I think it would be massively popular. I would go mm-hmm. see that. You know, I really would. Yeah. Because you mentioned Powerline around a lot of the Disney fans, and they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. Whereas you mentioned oh, Powerline yeah. to, to a non-Disney fan, they're going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? We don't, you know, don't know what that is. My mm-hmm. other thought would be, if you go to Animal Kingdom, and I don't know if it would fit in Animal Kingdom, but the, the attraction is there. So let's just take that dinosaur and gut the whole thing <gasps> and turn it into a, a, a montage of their adventures. Like you're still mm-hmm. in the car. You're in, you're in the AMC Pacer. 
and you know you have to go through the river and the creek and everything and you have to go um uh through the baseball game and you have to go in the monster truck rally whatever they keep getting caught in all these adventures and you know mm -hmm. there's goofy and max sitting in the front seat and you, you get the eight people sitting behind you all buckled in uh pull the yellow strap and everything and, and it just kind of goes through the whole the whole same track and everything like indiana yeah. jones except it's goofy themed yeah um, you know because dinosaur i could take it or leave it whatever uh yeah. but you know, I would I would hang out and I would go to a goofy movie attraction. I think that that'd be, be cute. cute. And because they go to so many different places, it'd be a great opportunity to incorporate like the 4D of smells and heat right. and like you know little splashes of water. Well, and you've already got Goofy out there, uh, you know, meet, doing meet and greets. It's kind of mm -hmm. there on the road trip and stuff, which. This makes total sense now. You got the Goofy and Donald <laughs> meet and greet with Pluto out there. They're in the little, the touristy outfits. It's kind of the road trip. We got the postcards. Just make that all part of the attraction. Goofy meet. Yeah, and why not? Perfect. Come on, Bob's get on that. So, um, <laughs> are you are you missing the parks as much as I am? I am, um, and I actually recently made two reservations um, for later this year. I had to cancel two trips um, due to all of this. So I got a November trip and a December trip. And I'm just, I'm praying that things are good enough that they'll, they'll do that. Cause it doesn't, you know, if you think about it, it doesn't really depend on just what the state of Florida is right. doing. Right. Disney no is an international right. destination. So it, it makes sense that when things do get back to normal places like Disney or mm -hmm. even uh, sporting events will be among the last things to return to normal. Right. So We'll my, 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 my working theory, and I, I got this based on what your co-host Matt uh, posted mm -hmm. on Twitter the other day. My working theory is that they will open three of the four parks probably by summer. Yeah. And Ep they will not open Epcot. I think that's fair. Not because it's not safe, but because there's so much construction going on at Epcot right now. Mm -hmm. It's already closed. What if we just kept it closed? Just and knock it out. Lunch and knock it out. Or day and night, work like crazy on it. Maybe you can't finish Guardians. Maybe you can't get Poppins and Moana, whatever. But you can knock out that entire front section. Get all those. Oh, for down, sure. Because it's going to be a disaster. Have it open. Open it in August or September for food and wine. Um, mm -hmm. You know, massive grand opening. You're going to have a ton of people that are going to go see Epcot because that's going on. You know, you've already, like I said, you got three parks open for the summer. Nothing's going on in Epcot over the summer. Mm -hmm. That's my theory is they're going to keep it closed for a while longer and say, you know what, let's fix it. Yeah. While it's down. Let's get it done. So yeah. I don't think Matt and I were, were recording when we talked about this, but we also discussed when it does come back. Ooh, exclusive. Um, oh, I know <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes, uh, um, fewer people out in ride queues. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a transition. Like they'll do that to show they're doing something. And then uh, over right. the next, you know, probably six months after that, maybe we'll go back to normal. Um, so lower ride capacity, uh, Matt and I talked about they may take some tables out of restaurants to spread parties spread a little bit out. further away. Yeah. yeah. Um, and limited hours, potentially at the parks as well. Yeah. Staggering different um, I times. I can see the parks closing at six or seven every night for a yeah. while. And also I think we're going to start seeing more virtual ride queues because it's going to yes. eliminate seeing people in some lines and stuff. And that way you're able to mill about and do your social distancing without having to be into a line. So, mm -hmm. so which I love anyway. I think yeah. it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it works. It'll be interesting to see how it works for all the rides because mm -hmm. you know suddenly you can't get fast passes for things sixty days ahead of time, which may or may not be a good thing. I don't know. We'll 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 see how that works. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Now, of course, you are with Matt doing the uh, the Imaginators podcast. You guys, mm -hmm. you guys do a great podcast. You Thank really you. do. Um, you guys have really, so really you. good chemistry. You have really good chemistry. Of course, you had on James Arnold Taylor and actually uh -huh. 
uh, uh-huh. weeks ago, which is huge gets. Um, oh my I gosh. Mean, I was so nervous. <laughs> it was so I much mean, fun. The most I can get on is Matt and Susie. Not a bad thing, but no. Hey, no, it's, it's, I mean, we're, we're just shy of being on the par with them. Not really. Yeah, you guys, are, you guys are doing a good, a great podcast. Imagineers podcast comes out. Was it? I know it's once a week, but I just, yeah, just we try to, we opinion. try to do, we try to do Mondays or Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, it really depends on what we've got going on. Like I think right. we did Ashley and James a little earlier, just based right. on like when we were able to talk to them mm-hmm. and get things going out. But we try to do Tuesdays. We do once a week. Um, we do a little bit of news, but we try to get more into um, tips or movie mm-hmm. stuff or cause I mean, Disney news happens so fast Yeah, and we aren't doing this for, this isn't our livelihood. Right. You know, so we're not putting out content like that every day. We do make memes and we do interact and we, and we <laughs> yeah. do have fun with it. But yeah. we, yeah, we're just kind of more of like when you need that Disney pick me up, when yeah. you need those Disney tips or, or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been doing on social media with all my stuff and also on, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the podcast and stuff. Because there, I know you say news happens fast, but right now there's not a lot of news. I mean, they're just, yeah. it's like parks are still closed. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's go on to, so it's, yeah, so. and it's everyone doing what we just did though, giving like their hot take, like right. this will happen by this time because the calculation, like, okay, like here's what I think is going to happen. Right. Everyone thinks they're an expert right now. Just play yeah. it out, play it by ear, but you well, just did something really fun. I love your tournament. That was we, so fun. We do that every, I've done that every year for seven years. And I remember just, last year. this is for the audience. If you, if you're doing something like that online or some sort of project that you're trying to do, um, don't be discouraged if the first one or two years, nothing happens because mm-hmm. my first one or two years, like I was getting 10 comments on something, maybe if that, mm-hmm. um, it year five was the first time I actually had somebody quote, post on there and say, I've been waiting for this. I cannot wait for it. I've been looking wow. forward to this all year, five years in. And so it was, it was so much fun. I had over, and this is just me bragging. I had you know, <laughs> over 7,000 votes. I had like something 30 or 40,000 reaches across yeah. platforms and stuff. So it's, I, I felt bad for you having to count all those. I, you <laughs> know what? And it's just, it's, uh, do I have the right note? No, I don't have the right notebook here, but I have a notebook that's just doing nothing but just, it's just check marks, just tallies all the way across mm-hmm. because it's all it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad, but thank you in, in, for participating in that. I really appreciated you, you know, coming on and voting on that and we'll do it again next year, of course. Yeah. Well, I love giving my opinion. I think we just it, <laughs> it was fun. So where can people find you on the social media, Susie? Where, where would they look for you on there? Yeah. So, um, you can find us on Twitter. We are imagine, um, underscore ears e a r s so unlike actual disney imagineers who are talented and smart um we spell ears with an a because you listen to podcasts with your ears Mickey oh that makes ears. sense gotcha. uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Ding, ding. where okay. yeah that's <laughs> a real meta thing so on twitter you can find us with imagine underscore ears uh, same on instagram and then just find us on facebook for imagineers disney podcast Good deal. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you and Matt decide to ever not do this podcast anymore, you know what? You have an open spot here as a co-host on this show. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah, just I case. love talking about the Goofy movie. Like, how random is that? How fun was this? Well, it was, it is, like I said, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, you know what? And if there's another movie down the line that you're thinking, you know what? I would love to talk to somebody about this particular obscure film. Let me know. Well, we'll do know, this again. We, I have no problem. We're going to have to do this again because during quarantine, I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and I re- recently binged all three high school musicals. Nice. And Matt will not watch High School Musical. <laughs> we will do a. We will do an Inside the Clamp show on all three High School Musical. Yes, we'll do all three of them. Well, and I now, have I'm not. I will so tell many you, I'm, thoughts. I'm not going to the fourth one, and I'm probably not going to watch the show. Actually, there's, oh, a, there's a fifth one too. But we will. I will knock out. I will I'm watch not all three. The show. Sorry. And, uh, sometime later this spring, you and I will connect, and we will do all three movies in one shot. We'll, Let's we'll do it. it. Oh my gosh, this could be. Whew. 
I got to warm up now. That's going to be exhausting. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. So, so, such, such good times talking to you. Thank you. Thanks. I love being on. How awesome was that? That was a great conversation. I uh, loved having Susie on. Um, just a really good conversationalist. Really good. At, she knows her stuff, and it's really great. And, and if you've ever listened to the, to the Imagineering podcast, uh, you should. And if you've ever listened to it, you'll know that the both of them are fantastic. So I encourage you to listen to that show. And, of course, after you listen to this one, I want to go first. Let me be first in your podcast feed. How about that? Don't forget also the Newscast the Movie Show comes out every single Wednesday uh, with more movie fun stuff. This past week, we did a movie reflections, as we call it. We talked about all the movies that we've seen recently, kind of gave some reviews of everything from Onward to other non-Disney movies like The Hunt and things like that, Bloodshot and whatever, um, movies that are streaming, movies that we caught in theaters right before the theater shut down. So that comes out every Wednesday called the Newscast Movie Show. Don't forget, my name is David Dollar, and I am your favorite magical travel plan, or magiconadollar.com, or email me, magiconadollar at gmail.com, or uponastartravel.com is also the website you can go to and see everything. We will give you the world. If you give us a few minutes with what you need, we'll give you the world, or at least send you on your way so you can see it. That's what we do here. Magic on a Dollar Podcast, thank you so much for joining us once again. We'll see you next week. Be safe. Be cautious with your hugs. Be cautious with your high fives. Wash your hands. And thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, MagicOnADollar.com. See you real soon. Join us for the following previews. But I'm going to hopefully do this again. You know, and you and I will do this again in a couple of months. So it won't be. Yeah, it won't be yeah a, absolutely. A long time. And it'll give me a chance to watch all three High School Musical movies again, which I like part three. You liked one, not really two. And you didn't like three. Well, I, I thought three was great. We'll talk about it. But I yes. watched as a sixth grader mm-hmm. the first one. So I was the demographic. And I could talk about like what it was like back then versus my thoughts now. Right. The second one is um, a just dumpster fire. And then the third one is like a really slow burning dumpster fire. Like it just, just never got to where it was. I have, I have strong opinions on Vanessa Hudgens, very strong opinions on Vanessa Hudgens and they're good. Um, but they used to not be very good, but I have uh a, I have a take on Vanessa Hudgens that like, she is, if given the right material, she could actually be something because she's across the board. She's talented because I've seen her try to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I worked at the Disney store in 08 and 09, right after, right as Camp Rock was coming out. 
Oh, see, Camp and Rock was because right, I love the Jonas right Brothers. Right before Classic Musical <laughs> 3 came out, it came out towards the end of my Disney, Disney Store run. So I uh-huh. caught all of that, all the merchandise. Oh, the I can't teens, imagine. The teeny boppers, the, the video <laughs> screen, every other, every other song was a High School Musical song, so I learned all of them. And, um, yeah. and then, of course, we had Miley Cyrus's The Climb because the movie came out. So that video played that once every 30 minutes. So oh. I literally saw that video. 16 to 18 times per day, wow. five days a week for six straight months. The wow. entire, and it would be, it would like Disney Store does a little I segment. I cannot believe you retained any sanity at they all. They did the whole song. <laughs> like after the first day or two, I blocked it out. Like I just, you know, I was in the car driving and the song came on because it was popular then. And I was kind of absentmindedly singing along as you do sometimes with a song, you know, and my wife was like, how do you know this song? And I'm like, <laughs> Trust me, I you don't want to not know it. <laughs> it's not one 